Walk up. One, two, three. Okay, Emily, go. One, two, three. Boom. A moment right now. I know this, this is, is our first oh, guest. This is, this is your our first guest. We've never done this before, so I feel like we should like preface with like how we know you and stuff. Okay. Um, uh, do you have a preferred code name that we can call you by, or do you want to go by your real name? We could do either. Um, either one, unless you want to make one up for me right now. Can okay, you do we're that? Gonna, we're gonna call you Double E. And, oh my god! <laughs> and okay, double so e. double E and I went to college together. Um, both times I went to college before and after I dropped out. I was a uh, freshman when Mr. Wah was a junior, a sad, depressed junior. <laughs> oh man, we hung out a lot in the coffee shop together. Yeah. Oh, you're the coffee gossiped. shop person. They, I am dude, they're all person. coffee shop people, but yeah, There's, she was yeah, one. This is a universal meeting place. Oh, okay. um, me and then I continued on. He left. Um, and one day, uh, registering senior year, three years later, he pops back in and is like, yo, I'm in your class. And I was like, that's sweet. That was how it went. And then, and then we had like math class together, and I didn't understand any of math class that year. You sure like to sound like you did. So what kind of math are we talking about that was so tough? Oh, uh, we read some uh, Einstein and relativity. Fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I love how I asked what kind of math and already it's a tough question. It's like, uh, you wouldn't really understand. It's like, we sort of plumbed the depths of the known universe uh, and represented it with numbers. Yeah. Really thought about you know, like the nature of the speed of light and just yeah. the, the you know princ- uh, principles you know. of relativity you yeah know, yeah run the mill college you know math stuff <laughs> okay so like we're 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 doing not a short story this week this is a not only do we have a guest but we're all this is also a break from our normal shit we're doing a novel this week we read half of the man in the high castle mm-hmm. mm. so uh have you given any thoughts to how we're going to structure an entire novel on the cast? No, I haven't. I was just going to... Well, I thought I thought I would put double E on the spot. Oh, okay. no. Oh, shit. So, nice. like, okay, so foot. So foot. So at St. John's, we do this thing like when we have a class discussion uh-huh. where you have to like open the discussion with a question. <laughs> nice. You're not doing this to me right now, yeah, she, she already knows what I'm about to do. And I was going to ask double E if she'd like to ask us a question. Yeah. <laughs> I would be laughing if I wasn't so mad curious. at me right now. <laughs> Do you have a question for us, Double E? Um, I have a question. I don't know if it'll. Uh, it's actually no. It's actually a terrible question for just half of the book. So oh, hold shit. on. Okay. Let Let me think. You. Do you guys have anything stirring? I have a question. Like I don't know if it's necessarily the. Or should I make her struggle? Is that? Am I ruining it? I mean, I think she's already struggling. I do. I'm already struggling. She, I sure. can't believe she didn't see that shit coming because I thought about it all week. I was like, this is going to be so funny. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. You're definitely right. So uh, my question is, what is the significance of this haiku that Tagami uh, quotes with the, <laughs> with the child's like, rag ball on the roof of the house? 
Oh, it's <laughs> at the end of the chapter, right? So this Mr. is Karamichi. It's Bane's. Like Bane's um, receives the gift, which like has been the subject of the the entire book up to this point. Like, what am I gonna get this important dignitary? And he gives him the Mickey Mouse watch, and the dude is like totally nonplussed. <laughs> it's just like okay, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> And then they just leave together in silence, like this kind of awkward silence descends on them from the shitty watch. And then behind them, the guy reads the, the poem. It's middle Tokugawa period. As the spring rains fall, soaking in them on the roof is a child's rag ball. <laughs> Why did Philip K. Dick select this particular middle Tokugawa haiku? <laughs> you i don't know i don't know how to saint john's fuck y'all <laughs> really okay so there's like all this weird um poetic stuff that gets dropped in in the japanese sections right mm-hmm. um you know like and they all seem strange like we definitely need to talk about the i ching um yeah or i don't is that even how you say it i think it's i ching i ching I mean, whatever. I always I call it I Ching because I'm. You you call it I Ching. Yeah. I'm just I'm just as white as can be. I'm I'm gonna be real. Like my pronunciation of it comes from a monologue, and you've got mail. That's it. I mean, that's what Tom Hanks says it, and so I'm going with it. I'm calling it I Ching for the rest of the fucking the rest of this podcast. I don't care. I have to be. I have to be loyal to the fucking you've got mail canon. So, um, there's all this just weird, um, stuff going on with poetry, and there's this whole like tiny little backstory about how the Japanese used poetry to code things because the Germans couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, there's weird lines like this getting dropped all the time, I feel like. I don't have any of them marked or, like, notes. There's, like, two or three this, separate right? haikus in the first half of the book, and, like, none of those haikus are really forthcoming with what's going on. I think some of the more difficult ones to understand are not just the haikus, but like when they're actually, they get those lines in the I Ching, like um, whatever you want to call it, the fortune telling shit. And mm-hmm. they're trying to apply like what this reading means. Like the, the, the last one in, in the first half of the book is where they're talking about like libations and like appeasing. And they're trying to figure out how this applies to their circumstance. And I have no idea. <laughs> But, like, the way that this, like, this whole scene goes down, right? So, like, you, you already said, he's given this Mickey Mouse watch. Uh, Baines, is that, is that his name? Yeah, Calling sure. him Baines. Call, I call he, him Baines. Uh, he's, uh, he, he recognizes the importance of this gift, right? He sees, like, it's what what's going on, but he doesn't get it. But he's like, thank you, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is... It is indeed incredible. Wow. <laughs> Mickey Mouse watch. And, um, and as they're walking away, this assistant bro just, like, mutters this haiku behind them. And Baines is like, I'm sorry, what? And it's Mr. Taigomi. He's like, old poem. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like... It's just it's just a thing. Like why why do they just like drop this kind of stuff and Okay, so in your reading of it, do you think that like between the two Japanese speakers there there was code happening? He was <laughs> he, he like <laughs> I mean maybe. He's like, You Western idiots, you don't understand symbolism, like <laughs> I think or actually maybe, and I think the code just may be like they're fucking up and it's gonna be it's gonna get even harder from here because like they give him this gift that's supposed to be significant 
and they're all super sensitive to people's like reactions and reading each other's faces so when this dude like is momentarily surprised it's, it's possible that they're both are just like whoops <laughs> and then as they're walking the guy's like it's raining <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna keep on raining you know I mean, it made me sad. It, it's, it me is sad. it is like a super sad poem because it's like this like image of youth like, and why is it like it was a what is a rag ball? Do you even know? I just assumed it was like a ball made by people who can't make rubber. Okay, that's probably that's probably how balls yeah. used to be. Like a rag doll, but a ball. Okay, right. let's see. I, yeah, <laughs> I guess like, I guess that's a thing. I get, it's probably like the, I feel like it's like the innards of a baseball with no baseball around it. But this is middle of Tokugawa, so it's got to be, you know. I just assume like this is what kids played with back in the samurai days. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bacon samurai time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like this this shit made me laugh at the time just because the way he sets up the mouse watch disappointment is so good. That we spend so long agonizing over what the choice is going to be, and then oh, I know. we're led to like believe it's going to be this comic book when we get the perspective of children, and then we switch over to the Tagomi point of view, only to like <laughs> and have like this big reveal where it's on this velvet pad and it's like a stupid little Mickey Mouse thing. <laughs> it's just like God damn it! But the Mickey is is the Mickey Mouse thing like worth a lot though? Um, so. That's kind of unclear because the I mean because of the the market of these like these antiques and are they really antiques and like how valuable are they you know yeah but we should probably explain the premise of the fucking book too let's do this like oh yeah 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 that's we that's just jumped important. right the fuck in we, we did nothing to explain to the people to su- to summarize this book <laughs> um, this is like a well now it's the past but what year is this supposed to take place sixty two the same actually the same date it was published. Okay, so this is supposed to be, like, a present-time novel at the time it was published, but it's, like, an alternate universe where, like, Japan and Germany won World War II and split America, like, basically down the middle. And, like, Japan has, like, the Pacific coast and Germany owns, like, the Western coast. And we're dealing with, like, the inter- interplay of, like, what that's like in America uh, when it's, it's, being, it's been occupied by Japan and Germany. And there's like a middle uh, series of states that are just kind of like a neutral zone, the Rocky Mountain area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, so that that at least sets up the premise of the book. Sure. Um, and then a big piece of this though is like that like Americana is like super valuable to the bourgeois of of like the Pacific states, the Japanese, like really into collecting like Americana. Um, and apparently one of our, our characters are, is it works in a, like a counterfeit factory. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I they, actually really, I really dug this part of the book and it made me, surprisingly, it made me really think about like post-war relations with Japan and how it must have been culturally from like their point of view to like <laughs> suffer the unsufferable of like being occupied and fucking having their constitution rewritten. And then also a bunch of people been like, your quaint culture is so great. Like, let me decorate my fucking office. But like, you know, in Mad Men, the guy has all that shitty like Japanese stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just he, like, like makes that. him take the shoes off when they come into his office. <laughs> yeah, it's like just just kind of like feng hand-picking. shui. Yeah, as a fad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought about that. That in the '60s, like Japanese culture was like completely commodified in America. Yeah, 
And so, like, it's to think of it happening here, like, does actually lend it some perspective where it's like, it's so, it's so humiliating. You yeah. Know? So, one of our characters works in a, like, so we meet, like, the first character we meet works in, like, a, he's like a curator of, like, American oddities and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, he, like, he's a seller of stuff to the Japanese. And he's selling fake, so he doesn't know it. We meet a character later who is a, a maker of counterfeits. Yeah. On the side. It's like a huge, it's a huge market. Um, It's like this weird symbol of, I guess, success for the, like the Japanese who are living on the Pacific States to be able to afford these high priced pieces of shit to decorate their house with. It's kind of like having, like the equivalent of having like samurai swords on your mantelpiece is having like the Western Colt 44, (laughs) uh, you know, in your office or some bullshit like that. Yeah. yeah, but not just that, not just, like, weapons and, like, these big hard things. It's like, uh, I mean, they equate it to stamp collecting, right? Mm-hmm. The, um, with, like, the bubblegum uh, Horrors of War cards. Yeah, and uh, And that's how it starts. You get Childen's whole story about um, getting into the business because of knowing about those. Um, and the bottle and caps, it, too, right? Yeah, yeah, bottle caps. The milk, the, milk the horrors of caps. war ca- cards are a real thing, by the way. <laughs> so what yeah. the hell are those exactly? <laughs> it's like they're they're okay. So apparently they're like baseball cards, like collectibles that like had images of war on them. <laughs> Just like some straight up like forties propaganda stuff. So is it supposed to make you angry at the enemy? Like you see a bunch of dead soldiers and you're like, "Fuck those Japs! Let's get them." Basically, yeah. Yeah, they were they were made in like 1938, I guess, and mm-hmm. they have like, they have uh, images of war from like all history, I guess. Yeah, um, but stuff from World War II, particularly because that was happening at the time. Yeah, and uh, I, for some reason I found the I thought the bottle caps were the most disturbing thing, and that like he's sort of like pawning off his like private childhood recollections and, and memories and stuff as something to be like consumed by this like occupying force yeah it's kind of gross did you buy into um like windham whatever thing his like basically just like historicity is bullshit um oh that was great when he's talking to the mistress let's really get it out on the table do you think that like objects really have like a something in them or are you a westerner oh is that an eastern perspective like that according to that dude it is i thought that that guy I mean, because for for the Easterners, it's like the Americana stuff has has some kind of value that represents like a culture that's been conquered or lost. But I think he's talking about historicity in, in general because he talks about the FDR lighter, which I think is significant uh, okay. and valuable to everyone, not just like Japanese dudes who don't know what they're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. my assumption okay. was that like that 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 lighter was probably like sold and valuable before the war was even over and before the occupation. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, I'll take, I'll accept that. I take back my Eastern thing. I was just trying to be funny, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I get no, that does come up, so hold on to that. I guess maybe it's not in this section. I think it's Okay, later. we get it. You read the whole book, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but that's a legitimate uh, question. Wait, which though. thing is? Like, whether or not um, it's an Eastern or Western perspective? The, like, idea that an object itself holds some kind of uh, value based on its history um, or, like, where it's been. Mm-hmm. I mean, his um, his point was, like, about the the proof itself is intangible 
It's like he says you can't tell the difference unless you have the document. The document confers some sort of mystical, imperceptible value onto the thing, which is similar to like the mystical, imperceptible non-value that is conferred when you realize that it's a fake. So it ultimately it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> There's no mystical plasmic presence. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he calls it, the plasmic yeah. presence. I like no how this aura. girl like does not give a fuck too. She's like, dude, shut up. I just came to get it in with a rich guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was um I actually really liked that section. Uh for like for having like a strong female character and also like for putting a dude in his place after immediately he's like ruminating on like women i guess secretaries in this case and like their Mm -hmm. inability to like comprehend stuff um it made me wonder like when was this written because as we know like ptad at some point which we haven't identified when yet someone broke his heart oh yeah he he hates women by the end of his life yeah he fucking hates them but this is like pre that moment yeah so on page 68 this is um where you know he's talking with the secretary about the book like, at every turn, he tries to, like, make her feel stupid and fails. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about the, the author, and he's like, I've heard of this Hawthorne, Abinson, but actually he had not. All he could recall about the book was, what? That it was very popular right now. Another fad. Another mass craze. He bent down and stuck, a bit, uh, and stuck it back in the shelf. I don't have time to read popular fiction. I'm too busy with work. Secretaries, he thought acidly, read that junk. At home alone in bed at night. It stimulates them instead of the real thing, which they're afraid of. But of course they really crave. And this is the part where it's good, right? Because that's like a very typical PKD moment of just like, let me oh, tell totally. you, let me tell you what's wrong with women. And then <laughs> and then after that he's like, Yeah, one of those love stories. And then she's like, No. Yeah. So he's I, he's definitely made to seem like an asshole there, because he like gets the name wrong and shit in the next part and like mm-hmm. he also like assumes that it's like he assumes that it's like fucking chick porn where it's like one of these books that like <laughs> like a romance novel Mm -hmm. and then he just like says some shit about her like these women like a being like afraid of sex but still wanting it and like i don't know that's the thing they crave the thing they crave but it's what they crave (laughs) oh man you've got that language also with juliana earlier like being scared She's like seeing this italian man and she's scared but she also also excited yeah (laughs) yeah he fucked her all night to be fair Yeah, maybe she saw it coming. Something to be scared and excited about. But, yeah, he's, uh, it's 62 and he's still not a fan of women. I mean, Um, he's not a fan, but at least he acknowledges uh, them as sentient creatures. (laughs) The the, um, the hate gets much more powerful. Yeah, the hate in free persons is insane. His description of, like, Nazis and his, like, like, his waxing, like, psychoanalytic is so similar to how he does that with women in pre-persons dude i know it's like this like the women like are like evil nazis to him so um um, i want to talk about this book that they're actually talking about the grasshoppers lies heavy this is probably the most important thing yeah so this is really interesting and in the in the show of course like this is it's not a book it's like a tape um i mean unless that tape is revealed like in the second half as i've read the second half of this book yet but um no no it isn't okay cool um i I love i love that how meta this shit is that there's like in this book where we're looking at a potential world that might have existed if if we had lost the war there is a book that exists where it's like the potential future of if we had won the war but he doesn't simplify it down to just be like exactly what history is now like the the 
the, like no, it's, it's still like kind of totally wrong. other it's a totally other war like yeah <laughs> it's so like, good oh God, it's brilliant it's like still not quite right and so like i like to think that in the book in this book there is a book <laughs> <laughs> right and it just like reflects back on each other into like insanity it's like infinite oh. infinitely different versions of world war ii yeah until it's like grasshoppers fighting ants or something like that like <laughs> total madness yeah, because in that one, like, a bunch of different shit happens where, like, I don't, I'm not, like, well-versed enough in World War II shit to, like, really parse out all the details, but, like, the, Pearl Harbor didn't happen in, in Grasshopper Lies Heavy. Yeah, because it was, like, F, so apparently what caught in, in Man in the High Castle, the book, it's because FDR was assassinated and, like, didn't start the New Deal that we didn't, you know, rise into economic prosperity or whatever during the war yeah. and able to compete, um... And so, in in the book's book, um, he it's it's not FDR like who becomes president. It's one of like his brain trusts. Like uh, I can't remember the guy's name, an economist of some kind. But anyways, like that guy, he he like moves the fleet out of Pearl Harbor, so it doesn't happen. And thusly, so weird. And thus and thusly, fucking kickassery happens, and we win the war. Like never would have thought that could happen. What is oh yeah, there's this whole thing where like America goes isolationist um, in 1940. Oh, Bricker, it goes Garner to Bricker. Mm-hmm. That's that's in like the losing situation though, one right? We're so okay. So let's 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 well, qualify our terms. So Man in the High Castle is the book we're talking about. So in the Man in the High Castle X, in the Grasshopper Lies Still, which yeah. is the one layer deep like fictional book. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll refer to it as Grasshopper World. Okay, nice. Um, okay, okay, I'm into it. Okay, all right, so High Castle World, um, Roosevelt is assassinated, um, he is replaced by Garner, and then who, and then in, and that's sometime between 36 and 40, mm-hmm. and then in 40, Bricker is um, elected, and Bricker is an isolationist. And that's a problem. We don't really get... Because I'm pulling all this from this girl's language. What's her name? Rita? Rita. She um, is saying... So, according to the grasshopper world, Roosevelt isn't assassinated. He goes on and is re-elected. Um, instead of Bricker, you get Tugwell after him, mm-hmm. after Roosevelt... Yeah, that's the and, guy who's like an economist. Yeah, okay. and he would have been very active in continuing the Roosevelt anti-Nazi policies, so Germany would have been afraid to come to Japan's help in 1941. Um, they wouldn't have honored their treaty. Oh man, this is good. She's just like she's stoked on this. this yeah, well, this see? is this is like PKD's favorite thing to like just like drop exposition, like using like, a character's <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, so. You're, yeah, no, it's fun. It's like, all right, so it's not a, what happens in our present world, right? No, not at all. That we exist in, um, but there's it's it's this fun speculation um, that leads to a whole totally different America as well. Yeah, I like I like this too because it um, it seems like it's some kind of commentary about like truth or how ulti- ultimately like what's important about the, the facts don't matter. It's our perception and like, and the narrative that we, that we give to those facts that matters. 
Um, so, like, this guy, when he's rebutting this book that he doesn't like because she read it and he hasn't, he's talking about all the ways that it, like, it, it wouldn't matter. Like, even it, he has a really great line where he's like, listen, like, even if we had not been bombed at Pearl Harbor, like, there's no way we could have won. And it's, like, it's funny because, like, in reality, and as I'm sure PKD is, like, trying to allude to, like, we did win even being bombed at Pearl Harbor. So, it, people can convince themselves of, of pretty much anything, you know? And, the, and he's convinced himself that, like, this is an inevitable outcome. Like, this is the way the world is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Through the whole... Well, so, yeah, the whole Pearl Harbor part, too, right? He's like, so what does he have to say about Pearl Harbor? And she's like, get this, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. he happens to move all the ships out to sea, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Pfft. Yeah, right. Well... Because but, it seems so unlikely, right? Um, and and so the U.S. fleet isn't destroyed, and it get, gets this whole thing going where, like you're saying, you're thinking about, like, what could have been, um, how everyone seems to be, like, resigned to their position now, right? Like, everything that has happened was inevitable, and they can't even think of it being another way. Yeah. And, like, it's so, I think what's addictive about this book to everybody is, like, this other reality now, it feels so tangible to them. And what's great is, like, PKD could have made it our reality, and then and then the reading of the book is, oh, okay, like, in this other world, like, our, like the, our reality in the present moment is, is the truth. And so this book is describing a non-truth, which kind of, like, falls, in, falls apart on itself. It's, like, not a sustainable, like, universe. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he describes, like, just some other reality that to them is, like, seductive and powerful, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, I love this, too, because he's, like, super, like, masturbatory about, like, the power of fiction in these moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, this is, like, so <laughs> him talking about, like, look at the power of my novel. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, like, it's just, like, oh, my God, all these people that are living in this oppressive society just, like, they, they can't resist the power of this, like, speculative fiction. Uh but when you said, like, that the Pearl Harbor thing didn't happen, because, like, I'm not, like, do you know about, like, the Atlantean conspiracy? No. No. So, basically, it's, like, the idea that, like, Roosevelt, like, knew that Pearl Harbor was coming and moved all the, like, good ships out of Pearl Harbor, like, two weeks before it happened. Oh, I love this. And yeah. and then, like, let it happen to, like, further get the United States, like, behind the war effort. Yeah, yeah. Because a good portion of the states at that time was super isolationist. Like, they don't want to exactly. deal with any of this bullshit. Yeah, and they're just like, dude, that's Europe's problem. Like, we're not tripping enough of it. So he's, so there's, like, I think, and I think this might even be confirmed. I'm not sure if it is or not. Mm-hmm. But but that, like, and this actually is anecdotally confirmed by my family. Yeah. Um, that, like, my, my grandfather's brother was at Pearl Harbor. It was on leave, and his leave was, like, cut short. And he's like, get on this boat right now. You're leaving. Huh. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah. So that's, like, yeah, so at least within, the, like, the, the history of my family, that's anecdotally confirmed that, like, the, like, they knew Pearl Harbor was happening. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I love fucking conspiracy theories like that. You want to hear a stupid one? It's one of my favorite ones. It's, like, yes. completely not backed up by any evidence. But so, like, it's 9-11 um, was yes. an inside job. No, yeah, yeah, it's one of those 9-11 is an inside job ones. But it's, it's, just, it's just a funny anecdote. So, like, remember Greg, Greg Petrovic, who we're going to try to have guest at this thing at one point? Mm-hmm. Um, his dad uh, is an applied materials guy. Um, he works with, like, metals and stuff for different science shits. 
and uh, he was at some like stress testing like high end research firm like does they do stuff for like Lockheed and all the big defense contractors. And he was walking through um, the offices, and he and he looked into a meeting room where they were doing predictive models of like a 747 hitting the the World Trade Center, like oh, over God. and over again. And he no. was just like, "That's really interesting." And then, like no two way. months later, it happened. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know. That's that's what the man said. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Oh, 9/11 I love it. inside job. It was 9/11 as an inside job. That's awesome. Jeff, I was you kidding. can't melt steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, can't melt steel no, beams. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen the like the video of the dude like where the, it, it can't melt the steel beams? Like, they retain their shape, but they're like totally flexible. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, I mean, yeah. jet fuel can melt steel beams, so that's all. But I, I do think I don't know. Like I'm stuck. I'm stuck on this because like it kind of it weirdly reminds me, and I'm only putting this together now. It reminds me of like the the historicity thing, like the mm. intangible element that you put on something to like give it value, right? And it's like we put that on whatever happened to us because like this is the truth, and the truth is, the truth is valuable. But ultimately, like you know, I, I know why you'd be all about this. Like whatever happens to you, you will just like write in the authenticity to it. Like, this is the way that things must have happened or are supposed to happen. Which is kind of like the same thing as the I Ching, right? It's like you fucking, you just put this narrative on stuff. Yeah. To, to make the world make sense. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask about the I Ching, the I Ching to you guys. Um, does, does it have predictive power? I feel like it does in this book because I know, every, every, like for all for all the hexagrams they get, it's like totally exactly on the money of like what is going on, and not just in like a bullshit uh, astro- astrology kind of way. Like, there's like thousands like broad of, terms. Yeah, no, it's like oddly no, it's, specific. It's very right? specific. Yeah. So I was like, does is are we do they live in a world where like the the I Ching has power? And doesn't one guy get the same fucking hexagram as another guy? I don't know. I wasn't it, like the the hexagrams were like too like I couldn't understand them well enough to like get a picture in my head. That definitely just, happens. Uh, it happens. It totally the, yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help me out. Oh yeah. So this is. Oh, it's children and Frank. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where children goes to the house of like those rich people, and he has like a very awkward conversation where they kind of want to like oh. get a little rebellious and talk about how like the Nazis are stupid, but. Um, Childen has incorporated like Nazi ideology into his whole like makeup, you know. Ugh. Childen's the worst. Can we talk about that at some point? We can save <laughs> we can that. Talk for about later, it now. But... <laughs> Dude, we, no, we, we, don't, uh, we don't stray away from the tangent here. Okay. This, this isn't this yeah, isn't no, seminar. No, no, no. <laughs> There's definitely uh, the whole the way that the the I Ching is uh, connecting people and it there's like this weird they're they're kind of addicted to it right like frank has this weird addictive behavior towards it right when he uh yeah goes back to the factory after saying do we ever find out what he says that he loses his job no i I like that um the other dude says he was proud of him about for saying it we don't know what it was it was something you know um subversive I don't know. I I really I have no insight into what this dude must have said at work, but he definitely like dropped the mic and walked out. Is what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's definitely what happened. He just he said some shit that like the proletariat wanted to say. Like you know, like he he spoke for the people. 
<laughs> Definitely. He's like, yo, and... bathroom breaks need to be 10 minutes and not five. <laughs> and then there was a slow clap afterwards. This happened at my work actually recently, man. Well, really? not like this specific thing, but like the bosses told us not to talk a certain way. What was the certain Whoa. way? No, no calling the clients fucking stupid asshole idiots at work anymore. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. You can't, you can't pull out the us versus them feeling? No, not at all. Which, like, I tried... And the thing is, like, my bosses, like, have... They all went to fucking private college, then got good jobs. And I was like, you got... Well, I don't think they ever worked jobs where you, like, pushed them up and swallowed shit all day. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to them that, like, us versus them is a very healthy and normal thing. Mm-hmm. Dude, is it, though? I think about this a lot. I don't know. Because... So I am an employee of a large chain, um, <laughs> high-priced, well-known grocery store. <laughs> Sorry. Good thing we're using. Good thing we came know. up with the code name. <laughs> right. Good thing know. no one listens to this fucking cast. <laughs> Anyways. So when I'm working behind the counter. Um, oh man, it's, I hate everybody. Just absolutely everybody. Yeah. And there's like regulars who I'm nice to. I'm nice to everybody. Um, I have a decent smile and people like to tell me don't, about that. Don't, on a don't even, basis. don't, don't let her like fool you. She has like a great smile and she's like the nicest person. I could see it on her face <laughs> for the brief video interim where we were trying to get things working. I am, I am nice. Um, at my job, I get paid to be nice to people, though, right? Sure. And people like to decide that we're actually friends or that I'm smiling at them because I want them to take me on a date uh, when they're, like, 60 years old. Um, get it, or girl. Something. I've got lots of reasons to dislike the people I dislike from uh, the service side. Um, and then I walk around to the other side, and I'm shopping, and I'm like, oh, man. Like, this must happen everywhere. Like, people feel this way about me when I walk into other establishments that I don't work at. Except that, like, when you're, you're, like, someone who's really worked, they can, like, smell it on you. Like, the way you talk to someone when you've, like, been in customer service, like, a customer interfacer is, like, different than someone who's never pushed them off. You mean when you talk to customers or when you talk to anybody? When you talk, well, no, when you talk, when you, when you as a customer talk to someone behind the counter. Yeah. That's, oh, I see what you mean. Like there's a, there's an, there's but like a fucking. I think there's a limitation to that, but there, it's true. Yeah. It's true though. Like you can tell people who like, just like treat you like an individual who like, they like look you in the eye and they're like, sup dude, can I, you know, I know that you're just doing your job. You're not really being nice to me, but I'm going to be super nice to you. Cause that's, I, I too have swallowed shit and pushed them up. Yeah, it's like I just don't um, want to. I don't want to be one of those pieces of shit that you see. Exactly. Wants to die, like, I'm, not, so. I'm, I'm here to make your job as easy as fucking possible right now, and like let's just like do our thing. And like I hate the customers as much as you do. Like I'm on your team here. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I mean, like I I get that, but um, at the, I, it may not be good to like encourage a culture of hatred towards the customer. <laughs> there yeah, may be because... little subtle ways that that comes back to bite you. Yeah, well, because I'll also I'll talk to the people I'm working with, right? And, like, we'll be making something, and somebody will try to shortcut something, just, like, with a, like, oh, we're out of parsley. Like, fuck it, you can't even tell what parsley is in this thing anyway, right? <laughs> just put some, like, or green like, glitter on it, it'll be fine. <laughs> or just, like, uh, 
I don't know, we'll like print out an ingredients list, but we don't have an actual recipe for something. Yeah. So you just kind of like just make it, it up. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> um, and I, I am super precise, especially because people are constantly trying to like think that you're out to get them, especially. At mm-hmm. I'm really cautious to be like, we can't use this because it's not in the ingredients list. You can't add garlic to something that says it has no garlic in it, right? Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's like, that's like, that. like an allergy thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's super important. But there's this whole culture of us versus them that's like, well, fuck it. Like, they won't even know. And it's like, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I think they it's like, that, like why? And that's that's just like, well, you know, okay, in so... food service, an example of that. But you get this whole mentality that's like, like, well, fuck them. Like, they're the ones shopping here. They can deal with it. It's like, no, we're the ones providing a service. Yeah. We're supposed to how, do it a How that, way. like, hate gets expressed is, like, super important to company culture. Uh, and I'm of the mind that, like, we should be perfect in everything we do. Because to me, like, good customer service, like, isn't, like, sucking their dicks or coming across the counter. It's, like, providing, like, a really good product. Yeah. Um, and, like, Foot will tell you, could tell you, like, I'm fucking obsessed with being the best and being perfect uh, when I work. Not so much that, in the yeah. other pieces of my life. But but when I made, when I was, like, a coffee person, like, I would look someone dead in the face and not smile at them and ask them what they wanted. But I would make, like, the best drink. And, like, that was super important to me. <laughs> but that, come on, that had to be, like, your whole image, too. Like, well, you I were worked, doing that I worked at Starbucks, dude, like, I, when I started um, doing it. And I was still like that. Like, I just didn't give a fuck about, like... I was like, they're going to like it because it's fast and it's perfect. God, the funniest shit I swear I've ever seen was when you were, like, throwing the shaker thing full of beans up in the air and trying to catch it. And the customer walks up to your station. You throw the thing in the air, hold out your hand to catch it confidently, sails right past your hand, hits the ground with a deafening clang, beans shoot everywhere. And you're like, welcome to Phil's. (laughs) Just don't break eye contact. She was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we're uh, we just tangented. <laughs> that's what we. <laughs> that's that's what, that's what we do so on hard. We Love Dick. Okay, so before we got on this tangent, we were talking about the I Ching, whether or not like the I Ching is actually real in the context of this book, and like whether two people shared the same entry. Which, in fact, oh, yeah. they did. Oh yeah, and I was talking about Frank's uh, like addictive behavior towards it. Mm-hmm. Um. Right, so when he goes to his job that <laughs> he's uh, just trying to, you know, get it back, but he claims he's collecting his tools, mm-hmm. right? And he gets this whole proposal from Ed um, telling him to go make jewelry. Yeah. Um, Which is super he's weird. He's like, yeah, yeah, that whole thing's funny. Um, it happens very quickly. And he is the man, I wish I brought my I Ching with me. And then it's like... Oh wait, there's one in the break room, and he can't make a decision without this thing, um, and that's super weird. Because why ask the question of like, are we in a world right? And considering that we're in this different reality, that's not just one layer removed from ours, right? Like, mm-hmm. but uh, like in this one, does the I Ching actually have an effect? Does it actually have a like, or is it just is it actually predictive? Yeah, I I just want to bring it up because I recently saw The Witch. Yeah. And and in The Witch. Are you aware of this movie called The Witch yet? Or I'm sorry, no. Double E. Are you aware of this movie called The Witch yet? <laughs> fucking, <laughs> no. This fucking codename thing is... I call Foot by his codename in our real lives. So it's very easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
But um, in this movie, The Witch, like, basically the premise of the movie is, like, okay, what if all of the things from, like, the paranoia of, like, the Salem Witch Trials was real? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, what if there actually were women in the early Americas that were witches? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, like, channeling Satan, and they, like, <laughs> they take advantage of your doubts, and they use them to thrive. Yes. And it's awesome. It's fucking great. Oh, my God, that movie's so good. Is that a new one? Like, it's in it's, theaters It's in now? theaters mm-hmm. right now, yeah. And it had really good trailers? I don't know. If, yeah. I didn't see a trailer. I put trailer was great. And I went it's to the get trailer where it's, like, Black Phillip. It's just, like, Black Phillip a thousand times. <laughs> Oh, black. I think so, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, because of that movie, like that piqued my interest in this idea that like, oh man, what if what if the I Ching is is actually happening right now? I mean, I'm willing to entertain that, you know, that it is real. And so gotcha. it, their scheme is super weird that they decide on. So he like for whatever reason, the foreman once he's said the unsayable and he has to leave his job, the foreman's like, "Fuck it, I'll go with you. I've got a great idea. Listen to this." <laughs> We're going to make jewelry. And the guy's like, jewelry? Like, there's no market for, like, American contemporary jewelry. And he's like, we'll make a market. It's going to be great. For whatever reason, that's what he wants to do. And the first thing they do is they blackmail their boss into doing it by way of outing him for making fake replicas. Well, they don't really out him. They just say that they're going to, right? Well, they do because they, they send Frank disguised as a whatever to ask about that cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a very strange plan. He's like, I know how we can finance our new business venture. We'll just, like, basically show our boss that we have the ability to completely destroy the collectibles market and out his forgeries. And then it'll just leave it to him to offer to bribe us. And then we'll accept the bribe. And it goes off without a hitch. I don't know why they didn't just, like, say something to him, but... It just seemed weird. Like, yeah, why don't they just go to him and be like, yo, give us money or we're going to tell... (laughs) Like, we're going to tell children... We don't even need straight. that much. We just, just give us two thousand, man. Mm-hmm. This whole like the whole way it goes down too, right? So Childen's like, what? And freaks out. Yeah. And then everyone else, it's just like obligatory. Like the dude who calls Wyndham Manson is is just pissed because He's like, dude, your face were suck. found out. <laughs> yeah, like, right. So come on, you're supposed to sell me good fakes. <laughs> right. So there's just this one dude. All right, I think we need to talk about Childen because. Like I said, he's he's not necessarily the worst, but he bugs the crap out of me. Yeah, he's he's pretty obsequious. And, and you can't, I can't tell if his shock at this being fake is real, or if at some point he knew it must be fake, <laughs> or if he's just like so. Uh, he wants to be Japanese so bad. Um, yeah. And even his whole inner monologue, well, right? His English is all stunted. Yeah. That shit is um, so weird. The whole like stunted, like quasi Japanese sounding English. And the way he speaks English to the Japanese is, is all like they're talking English. Yeah. But like, what about. Because like he's the one that goes to like the Japanese couple's house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's children. And he sort of like decides, like, yo, fuck these Japs. That was such a weird moment because like this whole time he's been. He's been, like, like hungering for, like, their approval, wanting to be more Japanese, praising them yeah. for their elegance and stuff. He goes to their house and, like, starts to also weirdly, like, espouse the whole German views about, like, race and stuff. And the, mm-hmm. the couple, like, doesn't buy into it or, like, is, is kind of cold towards him. And immediately he's just like, fucking Japs, I hate them. 
dude, I'm so superior as a white man. Okay, like yeah, pretty much. It should be said that I'm Japanese, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and foot, you're German, that. right? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, fuck yeah. There's a Rosenberg in this book. Yeah, there is. I thought that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, like so, one of the things that Children does is he he adopts the use of high type as a. Uh, to describe things that are good it's very high type very high mm. type individuals that plane is a very high type design is that something japanese yeah um i mean like oh. japanese doesn't have nearly it's like a what they call it a high high context low content language where there's nowhere near as many words as there are in english and that's oh. why like context yeah. is super critical so i actually thought that at first, when I read this kind of internal monologue, I was like, damn, PKD is being like super racist right now. But on further reading, I'm like, I think that he actually did some research into like how like Japanese functions like linguistically and stuff, because it, mm-hmm. it feels very accurate at times. Oh. And, yeah, and that's why like Japanese dudes, like they say that they can like those businessmen can have entire meetings in which no one speaks because they first show up and it just like everyone's attitude and posture and like expression says like speaks volumes to them, you know? Yeah. That's so weird because, like, English is, like, the opposite. We have, like, shit tons of words. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, fuck children, right? Fuck children, dude. He's fucking irritating. He wants, he wants to be liked so bad, and he wants to have this sensitivity to, like, a room and to social constructs in the way that the Japanese sort of naturally have it or it's built into their culture. Yeah. Um... And, like, he talks about practicing his bows, or he's already bowing in his head when he goes to visit Togomi and bring um, his cases of stuff. Oh. It's, like, right at the end of his chapter, and he says something about it. Like, I want to, like, I want to, like, be sort of rebellious right now, right, is what he says. He's like, I, well, I would said, carry no. my own shit in there. Oh, well, there's that. So, but when the elevator let him off on the 20th floor, Childen was already bowing mentally, preparing himself for oh. the encounter in Mr. Takomi's offices, right? Yeah. But you're right. Before that, he spends it just an inordinate amount of time thinking about if he can carry the stuff himself or if he has to have a slave carry it for him because obviously if there's a slave around, he has to have, like, pay him to carry his yeah. stuff. Um, not because like having Japanese see him carry him stuff his stuff is bad but because having a slave who is lower in a class than he is like see him do his job is unthinkable yeah he like ponders it to the point where he's like it's not actually illegal but right like he's just he's overthinking everything yeah. he's like the friend who's constantly asking like if you're mad at them well like and, and his, like, racism, like, he, like, when he, like, is thinking favorably of them, he's, like, I'm, like, the white barbarian. And then he, like, flips, like, fucking within the same conversation to, like, they're monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, his, he's, like, so, he's, like, so racist that he can't, like, even when he's looking favorably upon them, he's still racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of, so at some point they mentioned Jung, right? Or the, the psychologist. Yeah. Um, and Jung had like this weird idea, like the persona, which is like some part of you that it's like the mask that you wear to face society. It's not a real personality. It's like a, it's a fake personality that you use to negotiate your real individuality with like what society like wants of you. Um, and like, it's like 
for Childen, he doesn't have one, or it doesn't work. So he ends up being totally schizo, because he, like, is unable to reconcile the deep hatred that he has for these people, but also the need to, like, be respected and earn their favor. Whereas Frank somehow is able to, like, reconcile those two things and, like, behave in, like, a like a rational way, you know? And do you ever notice, like, all these fucking dicks, like, are, like, they presume to, like, uh, like they have, like, such a, they don't read. Like, this fucking dude, like, he goes to the dude's house, and this is what, like, he, he like, decides he hates these Japanese people. Because the dude asks him about, like, Western art, which he has no fucking understanding of. And he's like these idiots can't understand our amazing Western art, but he hasn't fucking read the shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you suck. I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. honestly, I think he, he held, I think he held like Japanese culture in really high esteem and thought it was a mystical, you know, otherworldly yeah. transcend thing until he got there. And then what happened was he through like trying to please them, ended up not pleasing them. And then rather than like, you know, react to that in a rational way. He just decided that like their culture is shit and that yeah. he's like superior. And I think that was also a moment of him, like, because he, he is, if he also believes like the Nazi ideology, then he's, he's like working with two irreconcilable, like concepts, one that like the Japanese are superior. <laughs> and then the other that like the Aryan nation is like the best nation, you know? Mm, yeah. And so that's like, this is the moment of like collision where one wins out over the other. Well, and there's also like, there's all, there's also a tension in that because like, supposedly the germans and japanese are at like somewhat peace but like they exterminated the jews on the pretense that they were they were asian yeah that was great yeah i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> like trouble troubles brewing you know yeah and like i mean i don't know how how much like penetration you guys have into this but like japanese people are like the most racist like the most racist like super racist in my experience really? this is true oh yeah dude oh my god like m- for most recently my sister was dating uh an indian like fucking whatever and like my he would give my sister would give him a ride and like then he she would immediately give my grandmother a ride afterwards and my grandmother would complain that the car smells like curry like She's a fucking racist. But that's also just old people, right? I mean, like... well, Japan is like it's got its own, it's oh, got yes. its own thing. Yeah. Like the um, there there's uh, you ever heard of the burakumin, no. the social outcasts? So like in Japan, um, there's like a like a underclass of people. It was from back in the feudal period of like anybody who was like a leather worker or like an undertaker or a few other occupations. They're considered to be unclean, uh, sort of like the untouchables in, in India. And to this day, um, they they trace the bloodlines of anybody who's descended from an unclean family. And those people can't get jobs at like major companies, like all the big companies like, you know, Mitsubishi or whatever, fucking like um, Nissan. Uh, they have big databases of of like hereditary stuff to know who's Barakamine and who isn't. And they won't hire you. This, this is a major plot point in house. Is it? Yeah. In-house? Yeah, in-house. In do you, do you guys remember, not remember this one? They talk about, like, why House became a doctor, and he's from a military family. And I guess his father was, like, stationed in Japan, and one of these, like, untouchables was, like, a diagnostician, and but he had to be, like, a janitor. <laughs> and, like, House was, like, like, saw this guy, and, like, they couldn't figure out what a disease was, and they had to, like, go to one of these untouchables. And, like, for, like, a split second when he was, like, diagnosing, it, like, he's, like, it didn't matter 
because he was right. And, like, this, like, inspires House, like, down the path of, like, being right matters more than anything. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Is that real backstory? Because that's fantastic. I've watched it's, almost it's, all it's of House. Sure, never... It's for sure. It's for sure. Fuck, I don't know. But, like, I know, I, re- I remember the speech so well. Uh... <laughs> okay, so... Japanese people are super racist, is what you're telling me. Yeah, kinda. They they refer to like uh, Chinese people and anybody who lives in the mainland as a uh, uh, as Asian people, Asiajin, but they're different. They consider themselves kind of a, above. Okay, so it's more, di- but it's yeah, it's just like a s- superiority complex. Okay. By the way, dudes, it's in episode three hundred seven. Good. Good to know. I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm not. You know, we can't paint an entire nation with like a broad brush and say that they're all racist. racist. That in itself is sort of racist. But I'm just there is there is racism is alive and well in the jap in Japanese culture. This is okay. Well, but so the reason I guess I was changing it over to superiority Mm -hmm. instead, right? Because that comes through in all of the customs um even between japanese people um and with this interaction with children um right like they don't invite him over to be friends they hope that he has some knowledge of whatever they're asking him about right so you think that they Um, brought him over in terms of like a a service like they want to ask him questions about americana stuff and that's pretty much it yeah they they don't have any like respect for this person other than as like a source of information for their entertainment whoa it's like weird i saw it totally differently actually i thought that that they did want to be friends with him uh and they were gonna he was gonna get everything that he wanted out of it if he just hadn't been such a prick yeah that's what i thought too i thought they were like genuinely trying to like reach out to him because the, the dude does like he wants to go out to lunch with them he's like i'll yeah. drop i'll drop the book by for you and then we can hang out at lunch or something like that yeah we can go to business lunch and he's like oh my god business lunch with the japanese <laughs> oh yeah that's right that's i'll right. be seen in the restaurants with this japanese guy and they'll and know then they, the and then they like let it and they like let the politics thing slide by and they're just like well you just like they let him commit like at least one or two faux pas and then they're just like well we'll try to talk to you about shit that you'll know about and then, like, because they try to, like, meet him on middle ground, he's like, these people are pieces of shit. Like, if they'd just been, like, standoffish, he would have just been, like... <laughs> but instead, like... <laughs> instead, so because... They, if they had been more more mean to him, he would have fucking, like, he gone the other been way. Like, wow, these, these, these Japanese, they're so, like, imperceptibly wise with their understanding of the I Ching and shit. And oh, yeah. instead, they're like, do you like jazz music and, like, fucking Nathaniel West? And he's like... I'll fuck these people. Like he's like, I don't listen to that Negro trash. Exactly. Oh uh, yeah. And like maybe maybe it's because like and like the Nathaniel West book like is kind of pulpy, I think. Uh-huh. Like he like doesn't respect the culture that they're interested in. I mean hmm. yeah, maybe that's what what ticks them off. I couldn't figure out why they were upset. I guess specifically like why they were turned off by his talk of like the the Jew hating stuff, because I assume that's just so commonplace for them. They were really icy when he was talking about Jews. I thought it. I thought it was because like, because the Jew is Asian. I guess so. Like that's what I thought. Uh, hmm. And I think also like, there. I don't think there is much crossover between like the German and Japanese at this point. No, like there there isn't. But um, I just figured that like towing the party line for the Reich was pretty common. So I, I was just surprised mm. that they were so turned off by it. I I'm not sure. I think I think probably within the like Japanese nation, it'd be like. 
it's the wrong brand of racism. I guess that actually does make sense, yeah. Yeah, okay, so going back, foot, you were talking about a, it was this whole, like, collision of who this chilling guy is trying to be. Yeah. He feels like he has suppressed just a whole lot of feelings. He seems very um, confused. It's even one of my little margin notes. It's just like, Robert is very inconsistent and confused. <laughs> yeah, well, and the suppressed, I, wrote, I that's the only thing I have written in my book when I was like, maybe I'll annotate, um, was uh, right at the beginning when uh, he's talking about Betty when he sees her for the first time. And he's got like a fucking hard on for her. Dude, I mean, how could you not, dude? Hot Asian chicks? Come on. Um, Well, yeah, obviously. it's amusing to me that she has like the whitest name. Yeah, Betty Betty. and Paul. And Paul. Betty. Yeah, is a... The girl's name was Betty. Such understanding in her face. He thought the gentle, sympathetic eyes, surely even in the short time in the store, she had glimpsed his hopes and defeats, right? So he's giving her all this credit because she's so wise. His hopes... He suddenly felt dizzy, blah, 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 like what aspirations boring on the insane, if not the suicidal, did he have? But it was known, relations between Japanese and Yanks, although generally it was between a Japanese man and a Yank woman. This, dot, 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 he quailed at the idea, and she was married. He whipped his mind away from the pageant of his involuntary thoughts and began busily, busily opening the morning's mail. Yeah. Right, he's like, oh man. He's all about this chick just right away. And he has to constantly put himself down and like suppress that. Like, I'm not good enough for that. That's not done. That's not okay. Um, like, and then in the house, right? Like, like I'm a fucking animal. Like I can't. He literally describes their bodies as like superior and that like we were, like, taken out of God's oven too early or something like that. <laughs> doughy. We're doughy. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, these doughy, worthless pieces of shit from this extremely racial place. And then, like, it's only, like, a page later that he's talking about, like, them being, like, evil monkeys. But, yeah, he's got no... He has no identity of his own. Yeah. Right? Um, did you think that she com- did? It's 100%, like based on the moment on his whims and on who he's surrounded by and how he thinks he is supposed to act rather than how he wants to act yeah he's adopted everything but he has nothing of his own well okay all right okay so heavy moment of symbolism do you think it's because he can't recognize authenticity boom like he- oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like the worst person to be doing his job. Well, he I mean he can't. He literally he literally can't recognize authenticity. They put the revolver in front of him. And what's funny about cuz you mentioned this earlier, but I didn't get to pick up on it. Um is like when he gets the revolver, the first thing he I think he doesn't he, he actually didn't know it was a fake. No, he had no idea. When when the person tells him it's fake, rather than his first thought being to verify that it's fake, he's like nope, can't be true. Bullshit. Fuck <laughs> you. Wrong. Yeah. Like his heart his heart is racing. Like in his body he knows it's fake, but in his mind he's like, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I feel like I feel like we all know people like this, you know? Do we? Yeah, I feel like there are people who like they're completely driven by their impulses and like everything Mm -hmm. in them is just like the whole 
they just justify and and ascribe narrative to what happened after the fact. Um, they they yeah. tell themselves and why what they want is right and why they're justified in doing what they're doing. They never. They that's don't. Most people, man. It comes after the impulse. It, maybe it is most people, but that is most. I think that is most people. But what? Can you say more about that? Oh fuck you! <laughs> that was, You're talking you to just, me. You, a lot. you just you just fucking got put in seminar. You, but... <laughs> Can you say more? Um. <laughs> I don't get... Well, you said something, and well, I seem to agree with it. Okay. I My feeling was that, like, people people just do do what they're going to do, like, based on their impulses, and then afterwards they ascribe meaning to the actions. Well, I mean, I think that that's... You can... We can take this to a super deep level and say that that's all, that's all true. For instance, mm-hmm. there was a really good radio lab that I caught the end of the other day. It was actually, it was actually live. I was in the car. It was some sort of experiment in which they put an uh, encephalograph on you to measure your brain. And they, they put you in front of a person and they say, hold out your finger. And at any time during the next five minutes, you may wiggle the finger. You choose when to wiggle, right? So there's um, w- when you make the decision to wiggle the finger, you would think that here's how it goes. The part, like the neocortex frontal decision-making thing activates to decide to wiggle then the limbic lower brain that actually causes the, the wiggling to occur fires off and moves to your hand and your finger wiggles. Wrong. What, what actually happens <laughs> is first the beginnings of the limbic brain, I'm wiggling my finger now thing happens, then like the neocortex decision thing activates. So it's kind of like part of you that you didn't weren't aware was there decided to wiggle the finger it was like an impulse, like a lizard impulse. And then your mind just made up that you decided, but you didn't really decide at all. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Like, oh, yes. oh, we're wiggling our finger now? Yeah, I thought of yeah, that. Yeah, I thought no, of that. Exactly. No, like, I, have, I have a very specific reason for wiggling this finger right now. Okay, yeah. and so we can't, let's just skip that. Because once we consider that, all conversation must stop and we have to all just kill ourselves. So, like, <laughs> that, okay. that okay. shit right. aside. I think let's that, abandon that because I, I have think, a really cool thing I need to say. Okay, me first or you first? Okay. Let me finish my thing. I'm okay. still on a thing. Finish your thing. Finish your thing. I'm saying that it's a spectrum, maybe, and that for some people, like, they don't stop any impulses at all. Like, they just act on every impulse, and then they always are ascribing, like, why they did what they did afterwards. And then for some of us, like, we do, like, question more whether what we're doing is right. And, like, even though that feels better for me to do that, I have to really think about this and decide whether or not that's the right, quote-unquote, thing for me to do. You know? Yeah. yeah. My yeah. thing is not okay. about this at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take us away, Wa. Okay. So, I wanted I wanted to get back into like the meta discussion of the grasshopper for a second. Yeah. Okay. So in in the context of of the grasshopper world, they win World War II because there's a second president after Roosevelt, right? Now, they have they have Roosevelt doesn't end the war in that one because in World War II, Roosevelt ran for a third term in office, or sorry, in, in our World War II, Roosevelt ended the war because he ran for a third term, mm-hmm. and like, just like, fuck, fuck the Constitution, whatever, or it's not even really, there's not, I don't think it's in the Constitution, I think it's like, I don't know why, but for some he reason. He didn't technically have two terms, so he can run again. Yeah, so he, well, no, I think he had, no, he had a third term, he legit has a third term. That's no, no, he, I know, but, but like, he, was, he, his first term wasn't, his first term wasn't a full term, so it's, it's technically not illegal for him to do that. Yeah, so he was, he, he was, wasn't voted in the first time. Yeah, so he was president for like a long fucking time though. Yeah. And yeah. and so like in in the world that like Ab Abenson wrote, like he can't conceive 
of a world that like where that could happen like that's too outlandish for someone to be president for over 10 years so he's like does this make sense no. so so in grasshopper world, in the grasshopper world the, another president takes over after roosevelt sure so oh which is why which is why everything's so different the things are different that's like the major difference yeah is that roosevelt was not president for the whole war it was some other dude that ended the war so yeah the that's why grasshopper like, world differs from is, our it, real yeah, world it like splits there right so so what i want to what i want to posit for like one second is that it's like that reality is like weirder than the worlds that we create in fiction that it's like harder to think of the things that like actually occur than like we would than we would posit in fiction that's you like, can't write shit like that as <laughs> yeah exactly say. that like that there's like a like fiction yeah. fiction has to like adhere like more strictly to reality than reality does it's so true <laughs> or to some kind of like set of <laughs> or, rules. exactly or to like perceptions yeah i like that <laughs> <laughs> and i guess like I don't know. I just wanted to say that thing because it was cool. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for derailing our whole discussion about free will with that point. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't Fucking... know. Can we bring that back in there, though? We're talking about free will. And well, right, so free will is what's making up free free will, free will is maybe just the, the ability to create the narrative as for why what happened happened well the question of free will is also interesting in a world where possibly there is something that can that can tell the future yeah Yeah. it says is there fate in this world that's a real thing and maybe if i mean it, it maybe there is fate in this world because it is fiction so it's adhering to Mr. PKD's rules. Oh shit! <laughs> That's like as deep as the electric ants, like microcosm universe, <laughs> dude. The electric ant. <laughs> the ticker tape. The book. Oh. The book is the ticker tape. The ticker oh. tape is the book. <laughs> double D, double E, bringing it into fucking episodes. She wasn't even on. <laughs> That that's like part of the thing though. It's like sometimes like the coolest mic drop moment. You like get halfway through your thought and you're like, wait a second, you guys. It all comes I ju- I just figured it out. <laughs> like honestly, before we talked, like I I did not draw any lines between like like authenticity, the I Ching, and like free will or any of this stuff. Which no. to me, like now, like appears really clear as day. Like oh, no. like this is what this is really about. You know, talking about it really brings it to the forefront, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crucial. Crucial. Learning. Oh my god, books. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this uh, one to w- Winjuliana wanna... back passage? <laughs> Which passage? The one where he's like, um, uh, let's see. Right now I'm nothing, but I can swing this. Then maybe I can get Juliana back. I know what she wants. She deserves to be married to a man who matters. An important person in the community. Not some mishuganer. <laughs> men used to be men in the old days before the war, for instance, but that's all gone. And so he blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, what does he even mean by that? Jeez. When like the men used to be men. Yeah. Um, but now it's all gone. I think that like, that's a super old idea that like, we're, you know, better men came before us or we always fall short of our fathers. Super Greek. Yeah, that's fair. I definitely feel that way. So we were, I was just talking with somebody about that the other day about self-driving cars. I think it was you, Wa, when we were 
out at breakfast when you were visiting or something, but that like we're gonna have to explain to our kids in the future what car accidents were. Oh, we did talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll just be like, like a completely foreign concept to them. We're like, like, like they let you idiots drive your own cars we're just like dude seriously every time you got to we would drive to work there was a chance that like your car would just like collide with another car and you would die in a twisted fiery like, wreck of like metal explode. and they're just like holy <laughs> shit grandpa no like, you, fucking you way. were taking your life in your own hands all the time like you're so fucking tough you know <laughs> and like that's how we feel about like you know who like the, you know the best generation ever of world war ii and i'm sure they felt that about the people who came before them yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, except that, like, and, and yet so, in, like, social progress ways, like, I feel, like, infinitely superior to them. And sure. And, like, they'll probably feel superior to me because they'll all be vegans. But this is a very masculine <laughs> ideal. I think this, the idea, he says men used to be men. Yeah. Men, men yeah. yeah, I mean, we're always becoming, we're, we're, we're a generation of men raised by women continually. And, like... <laughs> Thousands and thousands of years, we've just been whittled away <laughs> of our, our manly. We're just essence. gonna talk some Fight Club, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the best line in Fight Club. It is like a really masculine, uh, like viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, the idea that, like, I, I don't know, I identify with this in a bad way. I'm like, I recognize this feeling in myself, which is like, no matter what this person who rejected me says, the reason is you know, and that she isn't interested in me, I can make her interested. All I have to do is just, like, differentiate myself from the herd by being extremely successful, you know, like, defeating someone in physical combat in front of her, something like that. I mean, she does, she <laughs> says that it won't make her you. attracted, but it's totally true. And, like, my impulse is, like, when I really like a girl, the thing that I think is going to convince her to like me is, like, some fucking third-act rom-com speech. Like... Oh, how weird. Like, that's the thing that I think women really, like, when I'm thinking of, like, the person I like, I'm going to win her over with one of these fucking, like, moments like that. It's not, like, she's not going to change her mind because I punched somebody else in the face. Well, I mean, it's not like I actually think that or actually try to, like, do that. No, no, no. I don't, the thing is, rationally, I know that's not how it works. I think, like, my rational mind thinks it's more like what you think it is. Irrationally. I think for me, but, it's irrationally. Irrationally, I believe that a woman will be less attracted to me if I'm, like, jumped by, like, a bunch of dudes and beat up before her eyes. Yeah. I really, I really deep down believe that that is the truth. <laughs> but at the same time, my rational e, mind is e, like, that's not, can verify. <laughs> it's like, it's actually, like, my inability to dispel that that makes it true. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, sad. But you might just be wrong. Is it true? A woman might just want to like take care of you, or something. I don't know. Or, Tell me if or, it's true. Or, or, or women might be individuals who might all react to it differently. Yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my first instinct was like, oh, that's so sad. But you don't want to. Was, that, was it sad that, it, that like, he got oh, jumped, or is it sad that he feels that way? <laughs> It's sad that he got jumped. Like, that's just a bummer, right? Like, 
Or somebody might look at that and be like, wow, what a pussy. <laughs> so you're right. So basically. Maybe we are all individuals who bull. feel things differently. Oh, not such. No, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Who can say? There's something, there's something here that's that's kind of like that. You know, he thinks he's just going to, like, become a big shot with his jewelry business and win her back. Oh, man. God, I'm just re-looking at what she t- says about him. Hmm. She thought of Frank. I wonder if he's dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> you added you. That was that was such a dirty read of that sentence. That's so good. It's perfect. <laughs> well, this is right. She's like, oh my god, standing. That she's leave. She's in oh. the she's in the diner waiting for her food. She's like letting these truck drivers check her out because she's totally into the attention. And she engages them too, like in you know. She's yeah, like, where are you from? Um, Short stuff. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, but wait, she's like, I wonder if he's dead yet. If he said the wrong thing, spoke out of line. No, she thought. Somehow he likes Japs. Maybe he identifies them with them because they're ugly. She had always told Frank that he was ugly. Large pores, big nose. Her own skin was finely knit. Unusually so. Did he fall dead without me? A fink is a finch, a form of a bird, and they say birds die. <laughs> what the fuck kind of reminiscing about your ex-husband is that? I guess, I, I, ex-husband, that's the key there. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect kind of reminiscing now that I said it out loud. <laughs> PKD has a preoccupation with large pores in this book. Dude, <laughs> They're mentioned many that? times. And like yeah. the, the, she has tiny, tiny, tiny pores. Unusually finely so, a finely knit pores. I was I was like super self conscious of my pores after that. I actually went into the mirror and started working over my pores. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> look nose. at all these fucking what, blackheads. What, how would you describe your? Pores? Oh, I have huge nose pores. It's like serious blackhead issues on my nose. <sighs> well, blackheads and nose and like pores. Are well, they're large though because you can like see the blackheads in my pores. Well, maybe you just need to wash your face. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I legitimately, like, don't use any soap or water anymore. Like, I, I use water, no soap, excuse me. I, like, don't, I just, when I take a shower, I just stand under the water. Like, I don't, I don't, like, use soap products anymore. I just decided I'm against that shit. You're against soap? Why is that? <laughs> I feel like it, like, robs your skin of its natural oil. It, like, makes you sh- your shit hell out of balance. My skin's That's been, some... like, way better since I stopped using it. Yeah, you should, you know, take, next time you get sick, take some herbal remedies, maybe some homeopathy, something I'm like gonna... that. <laughs> I fucking Body's natural right healing processes. Like, like, I that. thought I would invite two of my friends to be on a podcast and everyone would be nice to me. Instead, <laughs> everyone's shitting on me. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm a giant hippie. Yeah. When I use soap, I, uh, it's all, you it's know. Patchouli organic or something i don't know i take the most chemically <laughs> horrible i just i basically pour bleach all over my body every morning <laughs> sterilized <laughs> okay okay so there's stuff we still haven't talked about i know there's tons there's so much holy shit okay so what do you think of like okay so fucking the prime chancellor of the reich dies and that's like oh man that's like a big inciting incident yeah that's like right towards that the end of the first whole half. Yeah, that's like scene. That whole rundown we get. Yeah, so legit, right? All right, start talking about that. Okay, so I'm I'm right behind you. Okay, so what? So fucking like the head of the Reich dies, and they have to like 
have like a meeting to like I guess who is who who gets called to the meeting? Who is the Japanese? Like we're, the, we're we're in the Pacific states when this. It's happens. like the Japanese leadership are just like preparing themselves for, you know. I mean, there's inevitably going to be war between these two nations. Yeah. It just depends on when and who takes over is going to affect that when. <clears throat> so they they do like a big drop of exposition. They run down like like a dossier of like all the possible next leaders of the German Reich. I think like there's been like a period of peace because the current Reich leader is like pretty peaceable ah and so like now they're like okay who could be like the next possible reich leader and it's like eight psychopaths <laughs> it's, they're just like oh fuck it's like it's like seven dudes or whatever and they're like all worse than hitler they're like oh fuck like we're turbo turbo fucked like, <laughs> and Takomi's just like shit we're gonna go to war with people that can send man like men into space like we're fucked we're so fucked Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And, yeah. and they're evil psychopaths. It's not just, like, normal imperialism. It's like, yo, these guys are, like... Like, they go down the list, and each one is, like, like the worst kind of leader possible in, like, that way. It's like, one's, like, fucking... He's powerful for the sake of power, and this guy's power for the sake of accumulating hella wealth. This guy's power because he's a fucking evil masochist. Like, it's just... Or sadist <laughs> or whatever. It's just, like, each one just gets, like, progressively fucking worse. <laughs> But like, why do we why do we like Tagomi? Well, man. So okay, right. So he runs out. He's humiliated, sick at important meeting, lost place. At once the panic ceased. Oh man, this whole just like his whole thing that goes on here. Some organic momentary breakdown. Um. Right, like he, this there's a complete breakdown in this extreme formal structure which he is normal, uh, he is accustomed to operating within. Um, in fact, he doesn't know another way to like exist. Yeah. Right, as a, you know, tried and true Japanese man, high official. Um, he's got all the formalities down, and. Like, he has to book it out of this room because he's going to throw up everywhere. <laughs> because there's something, like, there's this evil that's just breaking through um, his entire, like, structure of existence to the point where he has to risk this humiliation. He doesn't even think about it, right? He just dips out and has this breakdown where, like, the pure evil nature of what, um, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but of, like, what has happened, um, who is in charge, uh, everything kind of comes through. Kind of like what we see with Baines a little bit. Like, Baines keeps having these, like, little reflections on insanity and, like... What the fuck is up with Baines? Who the fuck is Baines? <laughs> <laughs> he's just like a spy I, I, I thought that this is actually why i liked tagomi good segue yeah. is like i like tagomi because he identifies baines as a spy but is also like but i still kind of like him he's kind of cool <laughs> like he like wants to hang out with him just for his fucking company not yeah, even to like but... ferret out his spyness it's just for, you know but it <laughs> like what? I feel really sad whenever he's thinking about like why Baines hasn't called him. Yeah, <laughs> like when Baines turns him down, I felt super bad. He's like, I felt he's like I had a really bad experience today. 
at the meeting. <laughs> I just want to talk it over with somebody. <laughs> Will you hang out with me? <laughs> I'm going to reach out to this guy who I think is a spy about it, though. Like, what? I don't know. He's just, you know, he just needs someone to talk to, I guess. Maybe, maybe he just feels like I sh- that guy owes me because I gave him my sick Mickey Mouse watch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, wait, but, yeah, so, Tagomi, right, he, uh, so he goes out, um, we get a few lines later on page 100, um... About evil, like cement? Yeah, there is evil. It's actual, like cement. <clears throat> right? Um, I can't believe it, I can't stand it, evil is not a view. Yeah. Like, Does that mean that evil this, is, like, like, a tangible thing? I mean, so much of this book, it seems to be, like... PKD through all the different characters trying to give voice to like what exactly is wrong with these people specifically the Nazis the Nazis are like the embodiment of this evil and like why they why they do what they do you know yeah this is what happens when you have incest right oh (laughs) I mean he describes it in so many weird ways he describes them as he describes them as queens as fairies uh, as cannibals. Tagomi does? No, that was, um, I have that Damn. marked as German fags. Let's see, where is that? Page 37. <laughs> oh, that's gotta be Juliana. Yeah, it was Juliana. Yeah, she's, she's got some funny things to say about them. I, so, like, the Juliana one I didn't like, I, I was, I really was affected by the, um, Frank's thinking about them as, like, the cannibals or something, and, like, the finger bone to, like, create the lighter and all this weird stuff. Oh, yeah. And he oh. said something... He said something like, mankind for, like, millennia or whatever was trying to escape, like, the evil demonic cannibal that lives inside of him. And, like, now that person or that thing is, like, in control with, like, the technological power behind them, you know? Yeah, like, the Germans, like, are a regression in the... Prog- <laughs> yeah. In, like, man's civilized state. Like, technologically speaking, they're more advanced, but in some other way like they're they've regressed into like primitive cavemen yeah Yeah. and i mean that's like kind of like the the two things is like there's like the white man as the barbarian and there's also the white man as the because like in in the view of the japanese like the white man is like a not polite and Mm -hmm. b like cumbersome um and like do you remember that part where juliana's talking about like the like the exercise they do and how it like mm-hmm. improves her posture. That's like, like the white culture is like somehow like it, it's like badly postured. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the view of like the Aryan ideal. So it's like, it's, it's like twofold going like the opposite direction. I think this is like such a weird novel because like the, it like, it's like written with like this weird thing with like the Eastern thing. It, it's sort of like, I'm not sure like how many of like the atrocities of like the Eastern, side of the war pkd is like really aware of yeah that's what i felt because even when he's, he's talking about like the evil german experiments and kind of puts that as a counterpoint to like the gentleness of the japanese i'm like you don't know about unit 731 dude <laughs> like, that's yeah exactly fucking... like that's like legit worse than what's that wait did i miss it sorry it's like a war atrocities by the japanese when they uh when they were in china they like they like uh, took chi- okay, they, by the Japanese. Okay. They took uh, Chinese prisoners and like experimented on them to figure out like the a whole best bunch way of to stuff. like kill people chemically, basically. Yeah, they were like yeah. they're like getting like chemical weapons research and like also a bunch of research into frostbite um, to see like how like 
devastating it was and if it could be cured and stuff. And actually, like, we exchanged, uh, the U.S. exchanged pardons for them uh, from for war crimes in exchange yeah. for the research. Well, like, the worst thing is, like, the worst thing to me is they, like, vivisected people. While they were alive without anesthetic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, vivisection. What? Yeah, so that's that's pretty pretty brutal. Uh, It's honestly, like, like the worst. If you just read the wiki article on them, it is, like, the worst list of things that that is conceivable. Yeah, it's... Okay, so you were were saying that you thought... Well, because he keeps saying that, like, the Japanese wouldn't have built camps or would never have built built ovens or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm not sure. Selective research. Well, and I'm not sure how much of this had even come to light by '62, in the Western that's world. That's a good. That's a good point. So like yeah. the stuff hadn't been published over here. So I'm just like, I'm willing to cut him slack on that shit. Mm-hmm. But it, it does like, it is kind of like interesting that like he he really doesn't think of them as war criminals the way we do now. I can I yeah, t- can we yeah. like ask us another question? What did I? What well, I don't really have any more questions, but um, given this, like what we've talked about in a rambling way today, which was fun, um, like I don't know, I'm trying to think of things I want to look for. Like, what did we talk about today that oh seems important? Maybe this like I Ching, like fate, free will thing. Oh yeah, I, I'm really gonna be looking at those like prophecies I Ching like things, yeah. much fucking closer yeah like is it real also like historicity and like invisible authenticity that gets put on things yeah yeah authenticity yeah i just want to like get more on like i really want to get more into the I Ching shit next time that's like I, I hope that yields. You know, buy some yarrow sticks. Dude, we should we should get ourselves a copy and do <laughs> some little I Chinging. Oh, we should do one reading for how the how the cast is gonna go. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Online I Ching. Virtual virtual yarrow sticks. Here we go, guys. Enter your question here. <laughs> does it how work if you? Does next? it still count if the yarrow sticks aren't real? I mean, if they're random, it's fine. <laughs> but is it a, is it a pseudo random number generator or a real random number Fuck. generator? I don't know the difference, dude. Okay, I got my forty nine sticks. Five, eight, eight. Wait. Are you just like clicking? Yeah. Them? So ask you ask the question out loud so it's real. I type it in. How will the next podcast go? Yes. How? All right. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Start consulting. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. Okay, concentrate on your question and click on the virtual sticks to divide them. Concentrate. Each of, each of the divisions of the stock depends on the point you click on, which would be chosen at random. Okay, here we go, guys. Boop. 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 Okay, fucking... Now you have four in the first line. Click on the sticks to gather them all in process with the next line. This is complicated. I don't understand how to do this, dude. Do you want to keep trying, or should we hold off until next time? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you spend a little time with your online Yara sticks? <laughs> this is really hard. Dude, and we'll, set, we'll set some intention con- for the consulting next Consulting the Oracle should be fucking easier than this. Why do you think they invented the Magic 8-Ball? Because this shit's too hard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, do, let's do a thing, and then we'll try to... Well, I'm, not, I'm obviously going to fucking fail at it, but I'm going to try to do it anyway. So, Ooh. Man, I really want to go see that uh, 
Cloverfield Lane or something. Oh, the sequel to Cloverfield. The trailer for that looks so good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, wow, you fucking came right out the gate with it. Like, fucking... You... Well, earlier, when you were talking about The Witch, I took a little mental digression for a second and looked it up to see if it was playing at... Were you still in town when The Violet Crown opened? No. The Violet Crown is a sweet movie theater that's got, like, big comfy seats and a curved screen. Fuck, and that sounds legit. They also serve beer, which I know you don't care about, but you can... They've got a giant on-tap beer selection that you can, like, get one and take it into the theater with you, which is great. Yeah, I really don't care about and that. And it's all super nice. And you can also bring their food in. You eat food. I do eat food. That's a thing. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I'm going to go see one of either The Witch or The Witch. Cloverfield Lane. The Witch is one of those movies that like pushes the genre forward. And yeah. Those are so it, rare. It's like, dude, like It Follows level to me. Nice. Do you, do you prefer The Witch or It Follows? I like It Follows more than The Witch. Yeah, I'd say I, I'd have to agree with that. But they're close. They are. Like, What was It Follows? Oh, my God. Fuck it. Double E. Holy shit. Double E. Double E fucking It Follows. Holy shit. So we need to just talk about like the premise of It Follows because it's so good. So in It Follows, it's a monster movie. Okay. Now there's this monster that follows. And it follows after you have sex. I see yes. it. I'm reading about oh it. Oh my already. god. It's, it's like it's like a sexually transmitted zombie. <laughs> but like what? but it takes the form of like the people that you love just to hurt you. <laughs> And it's just and only only people that oh, have like that beautiful. have the the st like the std monster can see it, and like, and, well, uh, so what do you you have to sleep with somebody to pass? Yeah, yeah, but, but then, it tries but to kill it, them, so it, like, you it, never are free of it because like you never know if it managed to kill the yes, person that you slept. And with. it like it goes like up the chain. So if you sleep with somebody and it like it it will follow them for a while, but if it gets them and kills them, then it comes back it comes to, to you. you. And then, like, oh, what? yeah, That's and so terrible. it's like marching its way up the chain, like infinitely, I suppose. And it's fucking great. Uh, Are you? You're telling me this is a good? It's, oh, it's great. Oh, it's it's like not even like pulpy good. It's like good good. We went to see it because we thought it was gonna be a piece of shit. We're like, look at this premise. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. And then we Whoa, were just like, it's got ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? No, Three it, 60 degree pans. It, Three like, 60 like us, degree pans. It like took us completely by surprise how good it was. Like, just, like <laughs> I was like, foot, foot, foot. This is the dumbest premise for a movie I've ever heard of. Like, this is on the level of fucking Snowpiercer level absurd. We have to see it. And like, <laughs> I remember like, I like leaned, like leaned over 30 minutes through. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I know. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it okay. was. Oh, it's it's okay. it, it's like slow and like tense and like it's like it's the other thing is it's like beautifully shot and like it's kind of poorly acted because it, it's like kids but that like makes it like it's like almost like an allusion to the eighties genre like everything about it just like fucking works Very and like throwbacky. Yeah, it's. Oh, it's, well, it's great because it's like I, I feel like horror really boxes itself into a corner, like camera wise, because it's always trying to do the same thing. It's like a bunch of jump scares. So eventually, it's like you know, tight frame characters looking to the left, thing comes from the right. Well, then we become accustomed to that. So you know, we're all looking like it's going to come from the right, but then it like gives a beat, then it comes from the left instead. 
and it's like this this constant one-upsmanship where it, it, it gets stale but like it follows has a totally different goal and the goal is to like make you paranoid and scanning the frame for like where's the thing so there's like lots of like locked off static shots or like very slow pans where it's not about is it going to come out and get you it's just this slow it's burn like, where horror is it? Like, where is it where is it i know it's there it's coming <laughs> like, oh oh man that sounds terrible and, and awesome and the other thing with it is like there's like this incredible like moral choice happening in the movie because like when you choose to have sex with someone, you choose to give them the monster to protect <laughs> but you're yourself. Also saving yourself. Yeah. So to, in order to save yourself, you have to throw someone else under the bus, and like, oh, it's so fucking good. Anyway, so what's your thing? You got a thing? Me? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I promised this girl that I I hung out with from Tinder, uh, that I would try to watch a few episodes from the from the ninth through 14th season of South Park. Is that, what's, uh, what's, according to her, that's the golden age of South Park. Huh. Yeah. There are, I think a few golden ages of South Park. Yeah. I think South Park is in a constant golden age. (laughs) Just depends on what mood you're in. I'm like a fucking ignoramus when it comes to South Park. Well, I think there's like, there's like Um, the politically kind of charged South Park golden age. And then there's like the, classic like they killed kenny just crude like kids making dick mm-hmm. jokes golden age okay okay foot what's your thing dog i don't know if this can count as a thing as another thing is something to be consumed but uh i am uh i just ordered a raspberry pie uh, oh, and my intent <gasps> is to take this raspberry pie and create a mame cabinet which is like a custom built stand-up arcade machine that you can like you can at- attach a hard drive and basically like load like all the fucking classic arcade games but you actually build it into like a wood surface and have like the joysticks and like all that kind of shit to like be able to play all these old games. So I'm, I'm making one with a friend because uh, he's leaving the company that I work for. And my intention is to paste his face onto the side of the machine as like a, like a, a, a testament to his greatness. It'll, it'll stay in the company forever. <laughs> a Raspberry Pi. For a second I was like, of course a Raspberry Pi is consumable foot. Are you going to tell us next week about how delicious the pie is going to be? <laughs> really excited about pie. I was like, I, I, and I was like, like, blah, blah, nerdy, nerd, nerdy, and, when, nerd, and like, nerd. when you described, like, the fucking, like, what is our thing, like, the th- thing to be consumed, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I was like, yo, I ordered a pizza, it's getting here in 25 <laughs> minutes, and I'm gonna eat it, and like, and you're like, I got a raspberry pie, and I was like, oh, what's in the clever thing I thought of, and then it was like, it's some, it's like, that's, the raspberry pie is like the fucking chip thing, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like a really small computer that does all the shit that you needed to do. Yeah. Um, I've been like feeling yeah. to the need to do some left brain engineering stuff, and uh, this mm, is that, one that, of the first. That is your projects. birthright with two engineer parents. I know it's true. I can do it. I have utter utter confidence in myself. Wah. I don't have that, dude. Both my parents are fucking not that. You could do it. Ugh. Ugh. I. You gotta want it. Yeah, though. I would really gotta <laughs> want it. Uh, I think it was kind of like after I built the Hackintosh, like I thought that I wasn't gonna be able to do it or like it could fail. And then once I did it, I'm like, I can do anything. <laughs> There's no limits to what my mind can achieve. I just have I, Google. With an, that's how I feel now. Like with a large enough budget, I can get something like anywhere, anywhere. Like this dude, this dude texted me the other day and he's like, "Can I get this fucking book?" There's like one copy of it in this in the United States, and I like got it to him, but the next day. Really? Really? Yeah. I, like, found it. I, like, went through, like, the Abe's book website, and I, like, 
fucking like found the vendor and I like Googled the vendor and I got him on the phone and I sent a courier and I got a FedEx overnight. The thing was there less than like 12 hours. It's fucking crazy. Oh, we haven't done our sign off yet. Are you ready to sign off? I'm ready to sign off. Okay, so, all right, here we go. Later. Oh God, what do I do? Goodbye. <laughs>